Welcome everyone. Here on Women of Color in Business, you will find your tribe of brilliant and bold women of color entrepreneurs. Our goal is to expose you to the concept of being a brave, successful entrepreneur while prioritizing your wellness throughout your journey. On this podcast, I will interview fantastic women of color entrepreneurs in all stages of business. This platform will also provide you with mental health solutions, great meditations, affirmations, small step tools for creating great habits, and a whole lot more. Our total focus is to inspire and assist your success journey holistically and in wellness. Thank you for joining us today and choosing to learn and grow with us. Women of Color in Business is sponsored by Savor Living. Savor Living produces a bold, beautiful, and holistic self-care box for individual purchase, subscription purchase, as well as servicing entrepreneurs and corporate wellness programs. So hello, it's wonderful to meet you here in this space today. I want to start by giving you the opportunity to introduce yourself in your company. Well, thank you so much for having me, Lynette. I'm such a huge fan of your podcast. So when you reached out, I was very excited <laughs> uh, that you were interested in chatting with me uh, as I'm you. interested in chatting with you as well. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Great, great. So what is your um, business? So I'm the owner of Reflection Design. It's Reflection with a K, not okay. a C. Reflection uh -huh. Design. And I'm an Atlanta-based entrepreneur. Uh, Reflection Design basically is, it's a lot of things. It is uh, your source for authentic, uh, handmade African home decor and accessories uh -huh. Uh -huh. uh, I work with artisans in East and West Africa. So we're talking Kenya, Uganda, and Ghana uh -huh. uh, to make a wide variety of decorative art for your home. Everything from wall hangings, mud cloth, uh, baskets, uh, wood tableware, wood spoons, salad servers, all the way to beautiful accessories like the folding hand fans that everybody loves, especially in the summertime. Uh -huh. yes. <laughs> um, and um, just pr pretty much things to make your home feel more like yourself, to reflect who you are and, and extend that connection to African culture through the space that you create at home. Wonderful, wonderful. And how long have you been in business? Uh, since late 2014. So crazy enough, almost 10 years. It doesn't feel wow. like it, but almost 10 years. Wonderful, beautiful. We love to hear about those journeys. So what inspired you to start Reflection Design? Well, in 2013, I was laid off. And instead of feeling defeated, I looked at it as an opportunity to create something new, to forge my own path. But I, I wasn't exactly sure how to do that at the time. So I decided to just sit still 
Hmm. And think about the happiest moments in my life to that point. And a trip that I had taken to Ghana a few years prior kept coming up. It kept resonating. I was there for two months and I was working as a Fulbright scholar. So I was working in higher education, but I was also a textile buyer for a museum client that I had at the time. And so I would spend my mornings in the college settings and then in the afternoons, evenings, weekends, I would be in the marketplaces and rural, rural villages, seeing how uh, fabrics are woven and wood pieces are carved. And that experience was so transformative for me. Uh, and it, it kept coming up like this is this is one of the happiest moments in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still wasn't sure like, OK, that's great. But right. what do I do with that? <laughs> so one day I was in the store shopping for bedding. And you know how you're in the store, you're seeing things and you're like, this yeah. is nice, this is uh-huh. nice. But it's not really doing anything. It right. doesn't evoke right. joy. It doesn't evoke, you know, curiosity or connection. Yes. And that was the light bulb moment. At that time, there was a void for authentic home decor that's handmade and that's focused on African art and objects. And so I said, you know what? There's a reason why that's one of the happiest moments. Um, and I see that there's a void, so I'm going to solve that problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna bridge the two, uh, and Reflection Design was born. Ah, beautiful! I love that story. And you're right. Um, I know we've all experienced those times when we go out and we wanna wanna purchase something. We're in a buying mood, you know, but we don't see anything that inspires us. It's like, uh, you know, that's not really worth that. What's that gonna fit with? And we're looking for something to inspire us, you know, to really resonate. So love it that you decided to fill that void for us. <laughs> so you've been in business almost 10 years. That's wonderful because uh, making it to five years is a big deal for any business. And right now, Black women-owned businesses are the largest and the fastest growing sector of new businesses. So to still be in the game, I know we're going to get a lot of good information from you. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to share. Uh So one thing I want to ask is when you first started your business, how did you fund your your entrepreneurial process? Did you, was (laughs) was it personal funds? Was it bank loans? Was it grants? Was it family and friends? What route did you take in funding your business? So as I mentioned, I was laid off. So I had unemployment benefits coming in. Got you. And I said, I'm going to bootstrap this business with my unemployment benefits and the money that I had in savings. I didn't take out any loans. I haven't taken out any loans at all, period, over the 10 years. Um, And that's just my preference. That doesn't mean that other business owners shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But just at this point in my business, that wasn't the route I wanted to go. So I used my unemployment benefits and savings and I hit okay. the ground running. I started with a, I started with pillows. Okay. One, because they're easy to incorporate into your home. It doesn't require a whole lot of thought and budgeting and consideration. Um, and the patterns, African patterns are just beautiful. So uh, I started with a product that I know wouldn't cost me a lot. Right. You know, instead of let me go find a, a gorgeous, you know, uh, wood mass right, right. that would cost me a lot <laughs> to not only have the artisan make it, but have it shipped here to the U.S. 
Yes. You know, I said, let me start with something light and simple and beautiful and impactful. So, and affordable. So I started with pillows. Um, but of course, you know, unemployment benefits don't last forever. Right. <laughs> so uh, at some point I was like, okay, this is good, but I need some steady income. So I ended up going back to work. Okay. Um, I was working full time and believe it or not, we met probably about six to eight months into working this new job. I was laid off again. Oh, wow. True story. And and I was so perplexed, like, okay. right. <laughs> oh, so I said, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep working my business. So I would do different pop-up events, um, created my website, you know, was uh -huh. doing the things that, that you're, you, you're supposed to do in the beginning. Um, and then another year or so went past and I was like, okay, it's getting a little lean again. Let me go find a job. And so uh -huh. I did, I found another job. And when I tell you the same thing happened again. Wow. <laughs> Probably about six months in, four uh -huh. to six months, even less time the third time. They came to me and said, we're moving our operations from California to Seattle. We're closing this office down. Wow. And I was thinking, you knew that when you hired me. Why right. Would <laughs> Why would you even bring me on? Right. You don't just, just wake up and say, we're going to move no. our company to another state. You've been no. thinking and planning, but that's not the point <laughs> of the story. <laughs> um, so after the third layoff, right. I said, you know what, God, you are telling me, stop playing. You, you, you keep going to get these jobs. I'm going to keep removing them from your path. Right. I said, all right, I'm gonna listen. All right, I'm a, I'm a, this is it. <laughs> if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna, you know, really put forth the effort to do it. And I haven't looked back since. Uh, that was, that was probably around um, 2018, 2019 ish. Okay. Um, and haven't worked full time since. Oh, beautiful. Wow. Yes. I love the way those messages kept coming to you. <laughs> Right. It's like back to back to back. And right. so it's, it's it's almost like when you know you can go get a job, you have that cushion to fall back on. So you right. kind of embrace the fear. Yes. And go get a job. You know, right. like instead of saying, I'm gonna embrace the fear and work my business. Right. Instead, I'm just gonna go get a job. Uh -huh. But but instead, uh God said, No, you stop. Right. <laughs> Work on your business. Right. <laughs> he, he said, you can go get a job, but I'm not going to let anybody hire you that's going to keep you for a long period of time. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Beautiful. So you, you, you funded your business with your own funds. You got it off the ground. You started out with pillows. Um, how did you market your business when you first started? So I started... I created an Etsy site in the beginning, okay. uh, but I also created my own website. Okay. I think that's important um, because you own that real estate. Your website is your own. You you don't have any control over Etsy. Uh, you, for the most part, can't even capture those email addresses. Those customers mm -hmm. are Etsy's customers, not necessarily your customers. Even mm -hmm. if they're purchasing from you, right. you really don't have a way to engage with those customers in a real way. So it's important to create your own land, your own real estate, and that's your website. So I started with that. 
with those two sites. And I also did a lot of pop-ups locally. Um, Any, you know, holiday markets, uh, summer events, you know, different organizations that were looking for vendors, looking for businesses to come and, and, you know, showcase their products. Uh, I did a lot of that. Um, And Instagram was also really instrumental for me in the beginning because just showing up and being genuine and engaging with people, they got to see the products that I offered, yeah. uh, which helped drive traffic to the website. I was also discovered by a lot of uh, black interior designers oh. who purchased products for their client clients' homes. And a lot of those homes ended up getting featured in magazines. Oh. And so when those homes were featured, they also credited me like pillows from reflection design or wall fans from reflection design, which then in turn put me on the radar of those publications. So then they started to reach out to me and say, hey, we're doing a holiday gift guide. We'd love to include reflection design or we're doing a write-up about spring home ideas and we want to feature your baskets. And so it was kind of a snowball effect that started from uh, Instagram, but also um, partnering with uh, black interior designers. So I also, you know, I always love to give them props because they were a driving force in my marketing and they still are to this day. Got you. Got you. I love that. That's great information. Um, building partnerships and getting recognized that way, along with the way that you directly marketed your, your business to your, your customers, your target market through Instagram. Wonderful. So looking at your business from when you first started to where you are today, has what has changed in the way you do business? Is it um, is your setup? Is it still strictly you doing everything? Do you outsource some of your activities? Tell us a little bit about that. So it's changed a bit over time. I like to bring on uh, contractors for specific projects. Um, when we redid the website. Um, I brought on a contractor to help with a lot of the back end stuff, the coding and, you know, things that I, that are not in my wheelhouse, you know, <laughs> right. not my ministry. So, um, so I like to bring people on for projects. Uh, I'm also fortunate to have a life partner who is a graphic designer. And so he's been really instrumental in uh, helping with making sure the website is on point, the logos product packaging, um, recording video for our uh, YouTube channel and editing that video. Um, And so that's been a huge blessing as well. Um, Just, you know, surrounding yourself with people who can support you and based on what their skill sets are. So, but for the most part on a day-to-day, it's just me. Okay. Um, And that's been working so far. There, There will come a time where I will have to bring on some people. I see it coming. Right. <laughs> um, but I want to be smart about it because I don't want to be that business that s- brings hire somebody and then six months later say, I got to let you go. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I don't, you know, so you know how you Right. Been there, done that. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to be that business. So I'd rather take my time and think about it instead of just bringing on people for the sake of bringing them on. Right. Uh, Cause it looks cute and it looks like you're super successful, but in reality, you can't afford those people. Gotcha. Yeah. Or That's somebody's livelihood. But your business isn't set up yet for it. Got it. Which is different. 
So that's that's two things that I'm working sure, making sure that the funds are there and that the business is set up correctly so that they can thrive once I bring them on. Got it. So what would you say has been your greatest challenge since your business got started to where you are today? And what did you learn from that challenge? Uh, there's, there's several. Okay. <laughs> tell us. Tell us. There's, okay. So first I'll say things, consumer behaviors and buying choices, they, they, they're very cyclical, you know, it, it can be a roller coaster at times. You have moments where sales are up and then sales are down and, you know, and especially now where there's a lot of different things going on in the world. Um, we recently came out of COVID. So people were, you know, spending, but not spending or being very, you know, specific and intentional about right. their spending. So right. those types of things that are out of your control uh, can have an effect on your business. And it did on mine, you know, amongst many other businesses. Interestingly, during COVID, as you know, a lot of people were home. So right. that actually, I saw a spike in sales because people were home and they were decorating. There was also an influx of press from um, you know media channels wanting to highlight Black-owned businesses. Okay. Um, so that also brought in an influx of sales. But I've seen a lot of that cooling down now mm -hmm. as people are are still, you know, uncomfortable with spending a lot of money or they're having to choose where to spend it. Um, and so that's that's from the beginning. That's always been um, a bit of a challenge, like weathering those hills and valleys, mm. um, setting yourself up for multiple revenue streams. So you're not just reliant on your website sales. You're not just mm. reliant on doing pop-up shops. Okay. You have multiple things happening. Uh -huh. um, and the second challenge I would say is growing in areas that you think you want to grow into, mm. but you really don't. Uh, oh, I love that. Growing in areas that you think you're supposed to grow in uh -huh. because you see everyone else doing it or you think it looks cool or you think it looks good on paper. Like I should go do this. I should go. Uh, I want to be in Target or I want to, you know, do all the things right? without really knowing that. Do you really want that? Do you know what that means? Do you know what that takes? Hmm. Um, I've, I've bumped my head a couple of times in that arena. Okay. And I've learned to turn that pain into policy. Okay. Which is a quote from one of the uh, Black interior designers that I uh, saw in a panel discussion. And when she said that, I was like, church is I love in it. session. Right? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> turn that pain into policy. Right. And as business owners, we've all had moments where things didn't go our way or things didn't sell like we wanted to, or we had a difficult customer if we're in a service-based business so you, or we put in a bunch of work and didn't get that much in return. Right. And oftentimes we feel defeated and frustrated and we want to give up. But I've learned to turn that pain into policy. What are the policies that I can put into place hmm. ahead of time to prevent this from happening again? Hmm. What is the information and the knowledge that I need to gain so that when I'm at the table with this growth opportunity and these individuals presenting it, I know what questions to ask. Mm. 
I know what I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do and be okay with saying, no, I'm not willing to do that, but I can do this. Yes. So I would say those are probably two areas that um, I've learned a lot from. They've been a challenge, um, but I, I feel like I'm better because of it as a business owner. Got it. Got it. I love that. Turn a pain into policy because inevitably we're going to run into those things that don't quite work out the way we think they're going to work out, right? <laughs> and as mm-hmm. you say, we put a lot into it, but we don't get the return from it. And so where do we go when we feel like quitting? In work. Got it. Got it. I love that. Very good. So, and since you started your business, because a lot of times we start businesses and we have one one concept of how we want this business to look, who our target market is going to be, how we're going to market this this business and, and our service or product. And then somewhere along the way, we learn, we grow, the economy changes, and we have to pivot. So have you had in your um, journey, your entrepreneurial journey, moments of pivoting or any any large changes you made in your business to adjust and be flexible and keep it going? And what were those? I would say there are two moments. One was during COVID. I had a lot of friends and family, you know, sharing with me that they were spending more time at home with their children. As you know, schools were closed and, you know, everything yes. was shut down. And so they were saying they, they wanted some really interesting and fun activities to do with their children. And I had just made some, uh, I had covered some light switch covers with African fabric. Okay. And I mentioned that to one of my friends, like, you know, I just did a, uh, I just covered, you know how, cause light switches are usually that plastic white or tan, right, or, you know, right. brown. And so I had used some Mod Podge and covered it with African fabrics and it turned out really nice. Uh, it just adds a pop of color, just a little pop cause it's just a right. light switch cover um and the friend was like you have to how did you do that send me the instructions what did you do I think that could be really fun uh for me and my daughter she loves working with fabric she's learning to sew you know Uh and so I was like okay so I put together I think it was five or six different projects all related to the home so light switch covers uh ways to line your uh drawers your cabinet drawers uh with fabrics and a couple other projects um, using African fabrics. And then I started offering them by the pound. So I would offer African fabric scraps, uh, yeah. various sizes, remnants for small projects by the pound. And they flew like hotcakes. Wow. It was my best seller that year. Wow. Actually for the past two years. Uh, it was just funny because I'm thinking, you know, wall art and, you know, all the, the big right. things. Right. The big things, right. Fabric. Right. Scraps at that. Right, exactly. <laughs> that ends up becoming my But you know, it sounds like just hearing you talk about it, it sounds like fun. I mean, you know, I'm looking around the house and go, that would be fun, especially to do with the a, a, a child because then they get to see something they created all the time, you know. Exactly. And to, to line your drawers with it, I can imagine opening the drawer and just seeing it and being like, you know, wow, it's a pop. So yeah, it sounds like fun. So I can see why that was uh, successful. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It is so interesting. Um, 
And so that was the the first pivot. And then the second, I started realizing that businesses were reaching out to me about placing bulk orders or wholesale orders. Okay. Um, and so that's become a new pivot that I'm trans transitioning into is working more on the wholesale, uh, bulk orders, corporate gifting. So if people want to order gifts for their clients or their um, employees, um, I'm now working on that so that people can order those special gifts, uh, unique gifts right. um, for their for their employees or, or their organizations or sororities or, you know, just, you know, different spaces where people are looking for unique gifts and bulk orders. Uh, that's a new pivot that I'm working on as well. Okay. So when you look at your, your reflection design, your company, and you think about what is, who would you say is your primary target market? I call her Rochelle. Okay. And... <laughs> I love that Rochelle. she has a name. Yeah, uh -huh. Of course. Of course. She has to. She has uh -huh. to. Yeah. Any business, when you're thinking about your target customer, they, they call them a lot of different names, your customer avatar, your ideal customer. It's wise to create that person. Uh -huh. And not just out of thin air, you you kind of look at what's happening in your business. What If you're doing in-person events, where are the types of people that typically come to your table? And when they come to your table, ask them questions. Is this for you or is this the gift? Uh, are you, you know, are you using this because you love to entertain at home or is it you just want to put some new things up on the wall? And so by doing those types of things, you start to learn about who your customer is. And so Rochelle is my ideal customer. Okay. She is, um, you, she's about, about 42 and mm -hmm. she loves to entertain. She loves mm -hmm. to have her friends over. She is an attorney and she works with nonprofit organizations. Mm. Um, she's a child of hip hop. So she loves hip hop music, but she was raised in a home where jazz was played a lot by her parents. Uh -huh. So she has that mix, you know, Got old school, you. New school. Right. And so, um, I tend to, when I do my marketing, I tend to talk to Rochelle in terms of how I craft emails and how I do my social media, thinking about who that customer is. She loves to buy gifts, thoughtful gifts, intentional gifts. Um, she loves where she's from and she loves that, that connection to uh, Africa and African culture. And Got so it. any chance she can get to, um, to represent that and share that with others, she does. Um, and so from that, I'm able to say, okay, let's look at items that can be great for gifts. Let's look at items right. that can be great for entertaining based on the data that, that I've received over the years about, um, who is primarily purchasing the products now right. on a larger scale, it's a variety of people, different right. Right. walks of life, males, mm -hmm. female, different ethnicities. Right. Um, but at the core of of who the main shopper is, it's it's Rochelle. Got you. I love that. I love that you identify that. That I love that you personalize, you personified who your um, main clientele is, but you also recognize there are outliers. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great exercise for any business owner to realize because you can't truly target anything to everybody. 
right? Right. You have to settle on who is my main, who is, what's the largest um, portion of my customer base? And that's who I got to target towards. Everyone else would see it and like it anyway, without being directly targeted, but you have to have a focus. So I love how you created your avatar, your client, your focus, and that's who you write your emails to. That's who you, when you're looking for items, that's who you're thinking of. That's a great gem to help our listeners when they're thinking about who am I doing this for? You know, even though I have, I might have um, five or six different markets that really purchase from me. Well, who is my main market? And that can help me to focus and target in on that and grow that even more as opposed yes. to being spread out, trying to attract every different type of person as possible. <laughs> I like to say be an inch wide and a mile deep. Mm. You don't have to offer all the things. Right. Just be an inch wide. Be focused, mm. but go deep within what you're offering. And oftentimes it's hard because as an entrepreneur, the creative you see all the things. I want to offer yes. this. I want to offer this. Yes. Want to, and yes. same thing with service businesses. I, I want to be available for this. I want to offer right. this program and this program. But what is the main product or service that you want to be known for? What is the main product or service that you have the most success with? And how can you drill down even further with those one or two um, offerings? Right. And you'll start to see um, not only more success, but you'll also be less, you know, overwhelmed. Yeah, right. From offering so many different things. Exactly. I think that's an excellent point because sometimes as new entrepreneurs, we think that the more we offer, there's there's a greater possibility for money to come in. You know, if, if I do this too, I can get paid for this too. But we don't realize we're spreading our talent and our quality and our energy's thin, you know? So we're only gonna get little trickles from any place. Whereas if, like you said, I like what you said, an inch wide and miles deep. Yeah. If we, if we concentrate that focus, we can get so good at doing this one, these one or two things that we're like an expert, right? We don't need all that, the other stuff that's bright and glittery out there, you know, that attract our senses. To your point, because we're creatives, because so a new idea is always attractive. Oh, wow. But staying focused to build a business, you have to have a lane and you have to be focused. So I love that. So when you started your entrepreneur journey, did you have a model in your family? Were there other entrepreneurs to pull from? Did you have a mentor? Or was this something you started and you learned as you went along? I kind of learned as I went along. Um, I've always had an interest in business, but also in the arts. Um, there are a lot of artists in my family. My uncle is a painter and a sculptor. My aunt um, is a very skilled seamstress. She makes wedding mm -hmm. dresses and prom gowns. And so mm -hmm. I would always see them. My mother sews as well. Grandparents mm -hmm. play instruments. <laughs> so oh, the wow. arts were always it's around. Just, uh, it's just in your veins. <laughs> yeah, the arts were always around. But interestingly, I was always drawn to business. So I, you mm -hmm. know, went to, my mo mother taught me how to sew. And we used to ironically sew pillows oh. when I was in junior high. In high school, 
sewed pillows and sold them at craft fairs at my uh, high school. Now, mind you, I reflection design was nowhere near on my radar. I was a freshman uh-huh. in high school. Right. But when I look back at that experience, like, wait a minute. I, I've already gone through this exercise as a, as a child. Um, and so it makes sense. So it, it, uh, funny, funny about it is, you know, I'm sure all of us could kind of think back over our lives, even if it's just a brief moment, something we were doing that later helped inform what we're doing now. And we may yes. not even realize it. Right. Because it was so long ago. Right. Um, and so it was always, you know, the arts and, you know, I'm originally from Philadelphia, which is a very culturally rich city, lots of murals and lots of art museums and galleries. So the arts were always around me, uh, mm-hmm. but I always had an interest in business. So I went to undergrad and grad school, um, both degrees are in marketing, and but I hung around artists and dancers uh-huh. and musicians. <laughs> Those are my friends. I was the only yeah. one like, all right, I got to go. I got to go to this accounting class. Whereas they're like, well, I'm about to paint this whole wall and I'm about to go dance and I'm about to, you know, but they would always come to me and say, you know, I, I need help getting, getting my work out there. How can I get my, my art pieces or um, I'm a DJ and I want to get more bookings, uh-huh. you know, you're the business major. How do I, yeah. how do I do that? And so I ended up helping them, um, quite a few of them get that type of exposure and, and that access. So there is, there's always been an art and business Got it. component to my life. Got it. Um, and I think that not only helped inform the types of jobs that I took over the years, but also how my business was going to function in terms of still working with artists. I've worked, like I mentioned in the beginning, I'm still working with right. artists in Africa, getting their work out uh, to the world. Beautiful, beautiful. I love how that was always a part of your living, you know, and all the spaces you went into, that was part of your living. <laughs> Wonderful. And it was funny because it wasn't until I stepped out of that that I started getting laid off. See? 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 <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It wasn't- steering, steering you in the right direction. <laughs> you know, when we go against the flow. Yes. That's when we run into problems. I decided I wanted to, because I have, like I mentioned, I have an MBA in marketing. And so I was like, well, I have this business degree. Let me go, you know, try the corporate world, try some different types of environments. Um, and that's when the trouble started. When I stepped mm-hmm. out of the world that I innately, you know, was drawn to. Right. And we've all had those moments. So like, well, let yes. me go try this. Let me go do that. And, and it doesn't work out, I'm like, because that's not what you're supposed to be. Right, right. Yes, and we can you, say, we can, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and once we get back into our flow, then things start to t- turn upward. It starts to be an, uh, an upward turn, a positive, you know, um, result comes from that, which is why when I was laid off initially, I said, well, let me just sit still and think about those happy moments because the happiest moments are gonna, that's the flow. That's yes. the, where you're supposed to be. That's the, you know, that that energy that will help drive 
um, the next move you make in your life, not out of a place of fear, not out of a place of lack of limitation, but out of a place of excitement and joy uh, and ha happiness. Right. Um, because when things get tough, as they do, and being a business mm. owner, mm. you you know what you're standing on. You know the foundation you're standing on. You know why you're in this business and you know what it yes. means to you, yes. which will help guide you through those storms. Right. Definitely need that. I love a couple of things you said. I resonate. Um, one was those happiest moments are representative of when you're in the flow. And they're there to inform you, to let you know that this is the space for you. This is where you mm -hmm. come alive, you know. And yes. too often we are taught to silence that um, communication, right? Yes. And to, and to go and do what someone else thinks is best for you or what they think is more profitable for you or what you should be doing. And, you know, you could be doing that, but what speaks to us is like totally different, right? And we're willing to hush up what speaks to us yes. from the inside. I'm like, how powerful, how much more powerful could our spirits be than to speak to us from the inside mm. and we still want to shut it down and go do something else? I wonder why we're miserable. And, and you know, so I love that you spoke to that. Listen to that. Remember that feeling. I mean, I think that's that one um, point in itself is so huge that you chose to sit in silence and think about what what were my happiest moments you know like where in life did I feel the happiest and you felt legitimate in allowing that to inform what your next step was going to be we because don't I knew no matter what I'd be okay yes I feel okay. Right. And then you also um, shared that when it, in this business, when it gets tough, like when we can't see what's around the corner or we can't see the solution or we're not making the money we want to make, um, if we don't have that passion and that love for it, I mean, it's very easy to quit and give up. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, I think that's one of the primary reasons that most businesses don't make it to year five because they were not started with that passion. Because mm. that passion can't die, right? Your desire to make money doing something easily can die when it gets hard. Yes. You know, when it gets hard, oh, this is not easy enough. Uh, I'm not going to stick with it, but this is hard, but I know I need to do this. I know I was meant to do this. I know how alive I feel when I do this. So I'm going to keep at it. So yes. I love those points. Very, very important that um, we tap into our passion when we're creating businesses because we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what's going to come up, but we can stand in to your point where it came from, where mm -hmm. the inspiration came from. Very, I love that. I love that. So in being an entrepreneur for almost 10 years, what would you say you, you love most about owning your own business and what you love least about owning your own business? What I love the most is the freedom 
that comes with being an entrepreneur, that was one of the main reasons why I became an entrepreneur. In addition to having a passion for for African culture and art and, and decorative mm-hmm. in the home, it was also freedom. Yes. Um, I wanted to be able to work when I wanted to work and and you know create a life that um, was on my terms. I didn't have to ask and beg for vacation days and I, you know, okay <laughs> play play the office politics game yes. and you know code switch and do all that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do any of that. Right. <laughs> I had done enough of it, and I was like, I'm, I'm done with that. Um, so what I love most about it is the freedom, but also um, what my products do for the people's homes that they mm. end up in. That's the real satisfaction. When I get customer emails or they send me photos of their home with products in it from Reflection Design, that feels amazing because I know how I feel with being right. surrounded by African decor. Right. So help other people feel that same way, feel that same joy, that same connection. Like, you know what? My people are amazing. Yes. We are so talented. We are so creative. <laughs> we can make anything mm. out of anything. Soapstone, mm. metal, wood, cotton, anything. Mm. Oils, fruits. Vegetables, you know, you know, we can right. pick it up. It's exactly. We can do anything. Turn exactly. up some music and it's uh-huh. a wrap. We are dancing, we're singing, we're writing songs, we're playing the drums, we're playing. My people are amazing. And when you feel that strength at home, you can carry that strength out into the world. Yes. And when I get that type of customer feedback, it's like, this is why I do what I do. This yes. is why I love doing what I do. This is why I weather the storms. This is right. why I, I get on that roller coaster. I put on my seatbelt and I'm like, let's go. Amen. Because the <laughs> more of us that feel that. Yes. Especially in a world that's designed for us to not only know about how great we are, a, 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 a society that's designed for us to be disconnected from our power, be disconnected from our dopeness. Mm. Um, so the more of us that get plugged into it, that's amazing. Because not only it changes us, but it begins to change future generations. So imagine a child growing up in a home surrounded by African decor. Yes, yes. That's going to change their viewpoint. Exactly. Of who they are and what they can be and what they can, you know? Right. Um, What I like least about it, (laughs) I'd have to go back to the that that uh there's the, the ebbs and lows you know the highs and lows that come with it gotcha. um because with freedom comes that responsibility right there's no paycheck coming every two weeks so you have to do what you have to do put the systems in place put the processes in place put the marketing in place you know you're constantly working and thinking what can i do to improve my business to ensure that it stays open, it continues to grow, um, which can be tough because you're you're not working your 40 hours a week that you might work for somebody else. You're now working 50 hours or 60 hours, um, depending on how the business is set up. So right. um, that can be tricky at times when funds are low. Uh, and even after 10 years, yes, there there there's still those ebbs and flows, um, which is why, again, I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm working on different Revenue streams, like right. paying in the policy. What are, what are the pay, policy and processes? 
turn mm. that pain into the policy and processes. What mm. are the processes that I need to put in place to make sure that there aren't any moments or very few moments where there's no money coming in or there's right. very little money coming in? Um, we often look outward, like, well, people aren't buying and, you know, we, we think it's, there's a problem right. outside of the business, but, but mm. more than like often and more than likely the, the problem is inside the business. Mm. And it's the stuff that we, as business owners, we tend to not want to work on. Right. <laughs> okay. That's just keeping it real. Like <laughs> finances, are your finances yeah. in order? Mm-hmm. How much are you spending on product versus money that's coming in? Are your price products even priced correctly? Are your services even priced correctly? Right. Um, do you have email automation set up? So when someone signs up for your email list, there's an automated series that goes out that tells them more about you, more about your business, your what, why you're so great, why, why they're going to love what you offer mm-hmm. along with a discount code or some other free you know, item, or maybe it's a, a digital item that you may offer them for free just to help create that communication and that community. You know, Getting those processes in place oftentimes can, can make the difference between how much, making a lot of money, not making any money, or just mm. breaking even. Got it. And that's like the the band-aid. It's the thing you got to just rip off and do it. Right, right. You got to get in there. You got to crunch those numbers as much as you got may it. not want to. Right. It has to get done. Get that, get your spreadsheet on or, you know, whatever your preferred learning or organizational structure is. Um, get in there and really understand what are your profit margins? What are your best sellers? Oftentimes, as business owners, you don't even know that. What are best sellers? Right, are. right. Um. And, or we don't get enough feedback from our customers. Because mm. if we ask them, they probably tell us, this is why I'm not buying from you. Right. <laughs> yes. Or this is why I've only bought once and I haven't bought anything since. Right. And we need to know the answer to all those. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Um, so that's, that's, you know, staying, and I'm talking to you and the listeners, but I'm also talking to myself at the same yes. time. <laughs> Being diligent about mm-hmm. doing the things in our business that we don't necessarily want to do, or it's not as fun or glamorous, but those are actually the things that make you money. Yeah. Um, and so coming to that realization has been the, the, I say, I don't want to say it's what I enjoy least about it, but it's, it's that moment where you have to just, you know, put on your big girl panties and be, put your mm-hmm. boss, boss hat on and be a business owner. It's not a craft. It's not a hobby. Mm. it's a different ball game when you yes. decide to be an entrepreneur yes and yes. they don't talk more enough about that they just right. show, all we see is what's on the outside right you've got all these great deals and you're mm-hmm. partnering with this major corporation you're in this big box store you're taking these trips you're doing all these things but nothing is shown behind the scenes yes. about what you have to do to get to that level in your business. What exactly? Yeah. All the unfun things you have to do. Exactly. To get to that level in your business. Exactly. And that's one of the things that can um I would say discourage a lot of new business owners because they see all the flash in the pictures, you know, in social media and they think, well, everybody's, you know, successful except for me. 
everybody's doing that except for why why is my journey taking so long and it's so slow because you don't know what happened behind the scenes mm -hmm. of those journeys you're looking at you're looking at after the fact right which is which is one of the big reasons why I do this podcast is because as we go along the journey if you if you're even just thinking about I think I want to start a business or I have this idea but you know, I'm just unsure from that point to someone who's been in, in business for decades. I think we can all learn from each other, right? And we need to know what the real truth is, not just the glitz and glamour, but yeah, you're going to have some hard days. You're going to have some cycles in your business. You're going to have to use your own money. You're going to have to prepare for all that. You're going to um, have days when you think, what am I doing? And then you're going to have days when you realize this is why I'm doing this. But in that mix, um, it's not all going to be shiny and glittery and, you know, uh, uh, Instagram posts of success. It's going to be a process because not only mm -hmm. are you growing a business, uh, one of the things you said was this is not a craft, it's not a hobby. I was speaking to another Black woman entrepreneur and she said, um, some people, have, their business is an expensive hobby. You don't want your business to be an expensive hobby, right? If you just want to play and do something sometimes, that's fine. That's a hobby. Then yes. invest your, invest your um, whatever funds you wish to into your hobby and gain the um, release, gain the creativity, gain whatever you need to from that experience. But when you choose to build a business, it can be an expensive hobby. It has to, you have to build it in a way that is sustainable. So when we look at um, business and business stages, I think about, you know, you have the right to create your business in whatever form you want to experience it is. And if you want to stay a small business forever, and that's what you focus on, go ahead. If you wanted to, like you said, be in major stores, and that's what you're focused on, go ahead. If you wanted to just grow and have different locations across the country, and that's your focus and that's your desire, go right ahead. But know what your plan is and work your plan. So I'm looking at your business, and, I, and we know you've shared you have future goals for your business, but where do you see your business say, in the next five years? Where does your passion in your business journey lead you in the next five years? So I want to get into more storytelling. Um, as I mentioned briefly earlier, I recently launched a uh, series on YouTube. It's called How We Live. Okay. And it yes. celebrates the lives and homes of people across the African diaspora. Yes, so, I watched some of those. So those nice, are very engaging. I love those. Because I you. love for anyone who loves um, looking in homes, like I, I love looking in new homes and, and looking at beautiful things and seeing how someone has created their space, you will want to check out this YouTube channel that she has going on because it is so delightful. So go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to get into doing more storytelling. I want to get into more showcasing us, showcasing yeah. us expressing joy at home. You know, yeah. there's not enough depictions of people of color across the diaspora uh, 
expressing joy at home. Yeah. It's usually has a negative slant or it's, you know, people flipping over tables or throwing drinks yeah. in people's faces. Yeah. But 99% of folks do not live like that. So, no. <laughs> you know, no. I I want to get into uh, sharing more of the reality of um, how we actually live. And so the YouTube series does just that. There's seven episodes up so far. We're working on uh, creating additional episodes in the coming months. And it's really, it's part home tour, but also part interview series. It was important for me to not just show the home, but it's also important to get to know the homeowner. Yes. Um, who are they and, and what, what are the special pieces in their home and why? Do they have family heirlooms in their home? Um, did they pick up a certain piece during their travels? So we get into the life and the lifestyle of the homeowner just as much as we do the home because there's always a lesson to be learned in just sharing and, and learning about one another. Um, and so it, in the next five or so years, really digging deep into doing more storytelling, um, really grow the channel, really grow the show, um, I, I'm a coffee table book featuring those homes. I'm yes. speaking it into existence. Yes, that's I coming. would love that. Yes. That's coming in three to five years. Okay. Come on. Um, so just just doing a lot more showcasing. I, I feel like the first season in my business, this first phase was really about building the foundation of these are the pieces that you'll love to have in your home. I feel like in this next season of the business, it's about showcasing the people who have these pieces in their home Wonderful. and why and what are their stories and mm -hmm. you know what are the why do they have these pieces in their home um so that's that's the goal in the, the next phase of the business beautiful beautiful I love that I love that and um being a entrepreneur there's often um we often get to a point where we are challenged to grow personally um, because only a business is not just about finance and economics. It's also about your personal growth. And sometimes we can hit a wall and feel like, okay, I, uh, what's going on? Why can't I get beyond this point, you know, in my dream that I have for my business? And a lot of times it's, um, there's some personal up-leveling we need to do. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a skill we need to gain. There's um, something we need to release. Um, how have you seen this manifest in your business, if it has? Well, one thing about being an entrepreneur is that you're also going to be a lifelong learner. Mm. So I embraced that early on, um, looking for opportunities to learn more about, you know, how to scale my business, how to get the finances in order, how to get my product photography on point. Um going to workshops and conferences that mm. were either about what I do directly or even about um, complementary industries um, just to help grow my network and be inspired. Yes. So being open to learning, being open to um, stepping away from your desk or your laptop and, you know, getting inspired, go to the, go to a museum, go to the park and go for a walk, go to the movies, you know, be, be open to doing things that will replenish you, um, but also educate you. 
Mm. Uh, because it's easy to, to think you're going to run your business from your home or from your office and that's it. But you have to step away from your desk um, and get out into the world. Mm. Um, so for me, that's been about taking classes, um, applying to be in business incubators or mm. um, just any opportunities where I can grow personally, professionally, and also grow my my circle um, with regards to like-minded individuals. That's been very important as well because as entrepreneurs, we often feel like we're alone on an island. Yes, yes. And our friends, our immediate friends and family, they, they may not have businesses, they may not get it, they right. may not understand. So you have to grow your network to include other business owners. And it's mm. not about competition. It's not about mm. gatekeeping. It's about connecting with individuals who um, who understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Maybe even businesses who are further along and can offer insight from that perspective. Um, so I've been very intentional about all those things, becoming educated in, in my business, building my circle of influence and being open to stepping away um, to get inspired. Mm, I love that. I love that. Those are a lot of great gems you shared. I love all of that. Um, Stepping away to get inspired because looking at workshops or events or summits that are coming to your area that you can participate in, like you said, to meet like-minded people, to just get inspired by seeing what someone else is doing, to have an idea sparked by seeing what someone else is doing, all those things. And then also just getting yourself outside, you know, just being out in nature can be um, inspirational to you. So on that note, when you think about um, all that we do as business owners and all the different hats we have to wear, I'm very intentional that we also need to take care of our um, mental, physical, and spiritual and emotional wellness. So how do you balance that? How do you, one, draw the line between, because especially if you work from home, it's kind of hard to draw the line between um, this is my work time, this is my personal time, and how and what methods do you use or practice, practices do you use for um, taking care of your wellness and your self-care moments? This is something that is ongoing <laughs> um, and it's something that I only put thought and effort into probably in the last two years, which okay. says a lot. So for the previous eight, <laughs> I've just, it's just been, you know, nonstop and it begins to take its toll. You know, your body yeah. will tell you, you know, you need balance. You know, you go to the doctor and they're looking at your your levels, your cholesterol, your blood pressure, your stress levels, your and you see changes in your body and you're like, okay, balance, it's time for some balance. Mm. And so uh, the past couple of years, I've just become, I just kind of keep that in mind. Like if I'm not well, my business is not well. Right. Right. So, and I want my business to be well. I want mm-hmm. my, of course, I want myself to be well. So I need to focus on myself first. Right. And then the, everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. And so giving myself grace, not feeling guilty or anxious if I do close my laptop at seven, because normally I would 
I would either keep working till about nine or 10, or I would stop working, eat dinner, and then go right back to working. Yes, yes. And <laughs> now it's that you have to kind of give yourself that, that reminder, like, it's okay. Step away. It's all going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Is this really pressing what you're doing right now? Is it right? Real? And usually it's not. Right. <laughs> just ask yourself the question. Sometimes it can kind of snap you out of it. Yes. You know, is this really pressing right now? Mm. What would happen if I tended to this tomorrow? Mm. And be okay with that. And then give myself grace. Like, you know what? I'm going to stop working. I'm going to watch a movie. I'm going to get some snacks. And uh -huh. I'm going to enjoy this weekend. Yeah. Or I'm going to go out. I'm going to have dinner with some friends. And I'm going to enjoy those moments. Yes. And it has worked wonders for me. Beautiful. Beautiful. I decided to be more intentional about my eating habits. That mm -hmm. also plays a role because the, the, your food is your fuel. Yes. So if you're not feeling well or, you know, things are changing a lot of the time, it can be a direct correlation to what you're eating. So stay mm. away from foods that, um, you know, aren't good for you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and embracing more foods that are, will help you feel energized naturally, not unnaturally. Right. You know, embracing foods that will fuel you and make you feel better, you, you know, not feeling sluggish or tired because you're eating foods that revive you so right. that's been a big part of it too as well as getting out and as I said earlier and, and going for walks or hikes or I'm looking for some dance classes right now so oh. um, so just getting it again getting what, what is your flow right what right. do you love yes that's right it doesn't have to be something hard that you you gotta make yourself do yes you can be what you love like you said what dancing. Do you love? i love yeah. dancing as a kid i was always dancing to <laughs> classes when i was in my 20s i was i was always i was that girl i was in the club i was dancing i'm not standing <laughs> on the wall i'm on the dance floor oh uh, and so when i said you know what i need to do something that's gonna more, more physically active well, let me do something that I already love to do. Right. And so, and if I can't do that, what's a, what's a fun alternative? So, you know, I like hiking as well. So I've been doing a lot more hiking. Um, I love trying new foods. So that's been a huge, huge thing. Just trying new foods that are healthier, right. specific. Right. trying new, healthier foods <laughs> um, has done, has done wonders. Um, but most importantly, it's been just giving myself grace and asking myself those questions, is this really pressing right now? Mm. And what will happen if I don't get to this until tomorrow? Mm. To snap myself out of just being yes. in that zone or thinking you're not a, a good business owner if you're not working yourself to the bone. And yes. you don't have to. Yes. I you love that. And I'll say, I I'll say that. one more thing because I think it, it really relates Oftentimes, business owners are told, figure out your why. Why you want to be in business. Yes. You know? But what we also need to ask ourselves is what kind of life do we want in this business? Mm. And what kind of lifestyle do we want to have and build a business around that, a, build, a business that will support the lifestyle that we want 
Mm. And we don't talk enough about that. Because we find ourselves being a circle or a triangle, trying to fit into a square peg. And that Mm. square peg is the norm, what we think our business is. Yes. The kind of business we think we should have based Mm -hmm. on what we see on TV or maybe our neighbor's business is set up a certain way or what we think versus saying, this is the kind of lifestyle I want. Let me build a business that will support that. Because as you're forcing the the circle into the square peg, that's where the stress comes in. That's where the frustration comes in because you're, you're trying to force a lifestyle that you really don't want. Or you really don't, and you may not even realize it at the time, but it doesn't work for you. For example, a lot of us are like, well, I'm supposed to be on social media. Everybody's on social media. I need to put my face out there. Um, So you're stressing because you're like, okay, let me record some content. Let me do these videos. But it's like, do you want a business where you're the face of your business? Mm. Do you even want a business like that? Do you want a lifestyle like that? Because mm. a lot of people who are recognizable in public are probably like, oh, right. <laughs> but one day I would like to just go out in public and not be recognized. Right. Um, do you even want that? So you're you're forcing yourself and you wonder right. why you're frustrated in your business. You wonder why you're stressed out. A lot of people think, well, um, like we were talking about earlier. I, I want to be in a in a big box retailer because uh-huh. that's where the, all the money is. And I, that's where everybody seems to be doing if they right. if they have a uh, product business, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's the goal. But it's mm-hmm. like, do you even want that? Do right. you even know what's required of you to do mm-hmm. that? Do you even know how retail works at that level? Mm-hmm. How much money is required up front mm-hmm. in order to make that a reality? Do you have the process is in place <laughs> for when Target comes to you and says, we want, I don't know, 5,000 right. books or 5,000 pillows. Mm-hmm. Where, where are you going to get those 5,000 pillows? Right. You know where right. you can get 100 pillows. Right. 50 pillows. <laughs> right. But if, when they say 5,000, who's going to make it where? Mm-hmm. What's the turnaround? Mm-hmm. What's the shipping? But we jump into these things because we yeah. think that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then we find ourselves with this friction. So a lot of the friction is we're running businesses that don't really fit the lifestyle that we want. Mm. Do you want to live in another country certain months out of the year? Mm. Okay. If you do, how do I set up a business that will allow me to live in the United States 10 months out of the year and mm-hmm. then live in Ghana two months out of the year? Yes. Or live in London three months out of the year. Yes. And when you work from that frame point, mm. then you're like, I need to expand my ideas. I need to expand my strategy because the kind of lifestyle I want right. is going to require me to have some things in place that will allow me to live elsewhere mm-hmm. because that's the lifestyle I want. And I'm going to yes. create a business to support the lifestyle I want. That's right. Does again, which is one of the reasons why I'm transitioning into more wholesale and bulk orders. Because again, when you start a business, you think I have to sell these things one at a time. Right. Right. I have to go get all customers <laughs> and I have to get these orders. Or 
I'm a coach. I got to get one coaching client at a time. I got to find right. find these one. And, and even just when you hear that out loud, it sounds like an uphill. It does battle. struggle. Yes. Yes. Um, and this, and that's not to say that there's anything wrong with wanting to get one order at a time or one client at a time. But if I knew then what I know now, I would have started my business in the reverse. I would have started as a wholesale, uh, corporate gifting, large order business first. Hmm. Because if someone's ordering in bulk, you can imagine that order is going to be much more profitable. Right. You know, someone orders 20 coffee mugs. That's going to inject a lot more cash into your business. Right. Um, so that you can take that money and, and do other things and grow in other areas versus the person that buys one mug. Right. You got to go chase somebody else down and buy one mug. Exactly. One mug, you know, at a time. So for me, it's that it's that switch is shifting my my mentality as to what kind of lifestyle do I want? And so I I encourage all the listeners to give that some thought, because a lot of the stress, a lot of the wondering why things aren't working out is because you're running a business that either should be just a hobby or you're running a business that is not supportive of the lifestyle you want because you're mad. Like, man, I want to go on vacation, but I can't because I have to do all these things in my business. Right. Or I want to go to my son's graduation, but I can't because I got to do, you know, or no money's coming in. Why? Maybe because some things need to shift. Mm. Thinking about the lifestyle that we want. So not only why do we want to be in business, but what kind of lifestyle we want. Got and then it. create a business that will support the why and the what. Mm, because the it's why going to be less friction. Yes. And think about what, what you want, not what looks good or what you see everybody else doing or what you think is going to be Exactly. Successful. Exactly. I love that. I love the what, the why and the what. And that... I mean, the concept you bring up is that we have we have the right to design what we want our life to look like, what we want our uh, life as an entrepreneur, because an entrepreneur is what you do. It's not who you are. Right. So you still own your life. Yes. You can't let that own your life. You still own your life. And you have the right to design this to fit into the life you want to own, the way you want to own your life, the way you want to move. Like you said, if you want to live in a different country a couple of months of the year, you have the right to design your business to facilitate that, right? As opposed to being just a point of stress and overwork. And, um, because then that's not that's not any better than you being on someone else's job and them telling you, you know, you, you got to come in Monday through Friday, these hours, these are your vacation days, and you can't go beyond that, right? That freedom is also in designing what you want. So I love that you shared that. And I hope, I hope that, um, I hope that healed a lot of people who are struggling with trying to fit their, who they truly are into this peg you know, where they really don't fit as opposed to creating something that works with who they really are, right? 
because you are you're 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 so um special that there's no one else like you in this yes universe it's only one you so why are you trying to change the one you to copy something else out there when that's not how you were made be your original you have the license you have the right to be your original so i love that you share that and i hope i hope i think that's going to heal some people they're going to take that to heart and realize that's why I've been struggling. That's why this is not fun anymore. That's yes. why I've been thinking about, you know, quitting and, and going back to someone else's job because of the way I'm doing this. You know, the, the people I'm trying to copy as opposed to being my own self. Beautiful. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. That that was a master class right there. I don't think you know it, but it was. <laughs> that was a master class. I love that. I was just taking it all in. I was like, yeah. So I know my listeners are going to take that in and that's going to change some people's journey in their business right now and they're struggling. So before we close out, I do want to ask, do you have anything upcoming that we should be aware of or, or anywhere that we can meet you and um, be a part of what you have going on if it's something new you have coming out on the internet or in person? What can you share with us? I, first and foremost, would encourage everyone to check out the website, reflectiondesign.com. Again, that's reflection with a K. Uh, from there, you can sign up for my email newsletter. And that's where I share all the information about events mm -hmm. that I'm going to be selling at in person. Um, and I also encourage everyone to check out my YouTube channel and subscribe to the channel, turn your, on your notifications. So you'll be the first to know about new episodes, new content, um, and because that's where, where the community is and, and that's where we uh, share information and ideas. Um, so you'll be in the know. And you're welcome okay. to follow me on Instagram. I'm on all the things as Reflection Design. So if that's your preferred medium, you can uh, follow along on Instagram. Um, and that's the best way to be plugged in. Okay. I'd also say... There's some new items coming for the holiday season. Okay. Very excited about. Oh. Um, so I would love for everyone to uh, join my newsletter so you can know about those new pieces that are coming. Yes. Um, from Kenya. They're en route as we speak. Kenya and Donna. Oh. Um, and so right now I'm I'm having fun. And wonderful. I, I can't wait to share those new pieces with everyone. So, you know, feel free to connect. Wonderful, wonderful. And I love that. I love that um, your pieces are authentic. Now, do you have um, national and international customers? I do. Interestingly, I have a pretty large customer base in Canada, okay. um, which is always pretty interesting. Every now and then I'll get some, some orders from uh, Europe, but the large majority are here in the U.S. Okay, wonderful. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. So as we close out from this delightful conversation, I could just talk to you forever because <laughs> you have such great information to share with us. But as we close out, I want to ask a couple of just fun personal questions for our listeners to get to know um, some little personal tidbits about you. And the first one is going to be, what's your favorite season of the year and mm. why? <laughs> I'm going to have to say fall. Ah. Um, 
I love the colors. Mm -hmm. I, I was born in the fall. Oh, well, there you have <laughs> um, it. <laughs> and I just love the colors. I love the the when the leaves change and yeah, um, you know the the colors that come forth from that. The burnt oranges, the greens, the you know the browns. Is I feel like it's such a beautiful uh, time of year. Got you. So you love the way that nature dresses up and and releases in the fall. Beautiful. Yes. So what was your favorite childhood game? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> favorite childhood game. It's hard to pick one. That is hard to pick one. <laughs> you can say more I, than one. You can say more than one. <laughs> I, I loved playing uh old maid remember that card game yes yes <laughs> i love playing old maid um uno yeah trivia pursuit i mean i, I love yeah. card games and board games okay um but i also love uh double dutch jumping oh. outside yeah um, yeah it's hard it's hard to it's hard and of course dancing you know that's all uh -huh. that's not really a game but it's something <laughs> i did a lot as a, as a kid um and so, yeah, those would be my favorites. Okay, nice, nice. Who was your childhood um, celebrity crush? Hmm. These questions are tough, girl. <laughs> you're, you're making me think, like, uh -huh. think back. Childhood crush. Honestly, To be honest, I didn't really have one. Okay. If, if, I mean, I know that sounds that's like good. No, I really that's, had that's a crush fine. on somebody, but <laughs> nobody comes to mind. Okay. I mean, I had favorite groups like New Edition, right. What's right. My Jam. Um, and so I was always, you know, listening to their music and into them, but that's like right. a group. It wasn't like right. one of them that I was Got like, you. oh, he's my crush. He's so cute. Right. It was more like, Oh, I love their music. Uh -huh. You know, brothers, the dancing and the right. singing. Um, okay, that's good. Yeah. You don't have to have that one. So, new addition was just the group, your your favorite childhood group, you would say. What is your favorite food or meal? Oh, uh, that one's easy. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite food is Ethiopian food. Ah. I could eat it every single day of my life if I could. I would. <laughs> so good. If you've never had it, listeners, go find the nearest restaurant in your community. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll be glad you did. Yes, yes. Look that up, listeners. <laughs> I know there's this app I used that was created by this uh, uh another black woman entrepreneur. It's called the ABC Travel Green Book app. And what it does is wherever you are, you can find um, black um, black owned businesses wherever you are, wherever you travel in the world, you can find where oh, the wow. black owned businesses are. Yeah. So you can find black owned restaurants, you can find barbershops, hair salons, anything, clothing stores, whatever. You can find it in their database. So you might want to check that because it's, it, it's, it's international, but it's also national. So it could be anywhere in the U.S., mm. anywhere around the world. That's a great idea. Look up some, yeah, look up an Ethiopian um, restaurant. We have one here in Florida and Miami. 
that's delicious. Mm. So I know what you mean. It's like all those flavors. It's like your mouth just is dancing when it tastes all those different flavors. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it tastes so fresh and yes. flavorful and you it eat does. with your hands. Right. It's so connection. real. It's real food. You know, yes. nothing tastes artificial. It tastes real food. Like they just picked it and cooked it. That's mm -hmm. how it tastes. Very fresh. Okay. What was the, I would say either your favorite or your latest book or movie that you really like? Mm. I'm looking over at my <laughs> your bookcase. My bookcase. Uh, the latest book is called uh, oh, and I, I don't want to mess this up. Hold on. Let me make sure. <laughs> the latest book is called Yes. Okay. So the latest book is called uh, The Black Home. Okay. And I'm triple checking so I can get the, the author's name. Um, oh, I'm sorry. See, that's why you got to check. The book is called Iconic Home. Okay. And it is a coffee table book that okay. is uh, interiors, advice, and stories from 50 amazing Black designers. Oh, wow. I like that. Iconic, Iconic home. Homes. Yes. I'm yes. going to have to look that up. Yes. That Iconic sounds home. beautiful. It is beautiful. It is oh. absolutely beautiful. And it's full of images yes. of um, the homes that 50 different Black interior designers uh, did oh, so you wow. get to see a picture of them and then a picture of some of their projects and their homes uh -huh. it is stunning it is inspiring oh wow um, yes and it's oh, authored by black yes. yes i can't wait to see that it's a feast for the eyes and the spirit yeah so i can't wait to see that okay well thank you so much I want to say again that we appreciate you spending your time with us today being willing to share so many gems and details about your journey as an entrepreneur and advice for other budding entrepreneurs, women of color who are, are branching out to start their business journey. I love that you were able to tell us about your beautiful business, Reflection Design, how authentic all your items are and inspiring they are. I want our listeners to definitely go on and visit that website, go on that YouTube channel, and enjoy all the great creativity you have put out there for us. So thank you for that. And in closing, we'd love to say that we wish you great success. We hope that your most beautiful dreams come true and that you expand to the capacity to receive it all. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much, Lynette. I've loved chatting with you. Beautiful. So you enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, as we hope you did, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And please rate us five stars and leave a review.
We appreciate you so much. We'd love it if you spread the word on social media using the hashtag SaverLiving22. That's S-A-B-O-R Living22. I'm Lynette Cottrell. You've been listening to Women of Color in Business, a holistic business sister circle.